friends, let us pause and hold silence as we center ourselves for worship. This is the house of the Lord. Hear the word of God taught us. Let us stand in body or in spirit and open God's life-giving word to this community. Jerable, please stand. Welcome to worship here at Houston and Kalalu Church, and a special welcome to anyone joining us online. Uh, it's plainly obvious that I'm not Gary. Um, Gary, after his refereeing yesterday, felt a bit under the weather. It wasn't the trauma of Pollock versus Kilburnie, but after two years, he's finally succumbed to COVID, unfortunately. Uh, he messaged me this morning that he's not feeling too bad, and he's going to be watching online. So uh, he asked if I would read the service, and I promised not to go off script much. And just a reminder that the service is live streamed today. We come to worship seeking that we might dwell in God's house for all our days. We come to this holy place with shouts of joy. Teach us your way, O Lord. We join in worship in our first hymn, 132, Immortal, Invisible.
Let us pray. Mighty God, crafter of stars, shaper of planets, maker of all living things, and giver of life to the world, all creation praises you. Loving God, who watches as we sleep, who is present when we wake, and moves among our lives, and who shares our deepest moments, we, your people, praise you. Generous God, who walks the path we tread, who rejoices at our happiest times, who weeps with us when we are sad, and yearns to heal us, our very souls praise you. Journeying God, you dare us to hope, you ask us to trust, you equip us with faith, and believe that is enough. Yet we come before you lacking in hope, trust, and faith. We come before you fearful of your challenges to us, afraid of your demands on us, reluctant to go further with you because of what that might mean. We come hearing talk of today, tomorrow, and the next day, yet we can barely think beyond the now of our lives. Parent God, gather us up with our doubts, our worries, our failures, our inadequacies, so that we may once more know the warmth and the protection of your forgiving grace. Help us to see beyond that which confines us to that which liberates us. Show us that what we have is enough for now. And focus our eyes on a place which lies beyond the city wall, that we might meet there before too long. And here is now, as we join as one Christian family, in the words that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hands up if you've ever been for a walk along a river. Great, lots of you. What kind of things might you see when you go for a walk on the river? Alexander. Ducks. Brilliant. Bang on. Right, we'll come back to ducks in a minute. Maybe. Fish, if you're very lucky, yeah. Maybe, um, Abigail, sorry. A heron, yes. Katie, you see the heron if you walk on the grind. Great. A swan, sometimes a swan, yeah. Angus. A boat, yeah. Is that what you said? A tadpole, yes. And we're, in, we're getting into tadpole season. Noah. The river itself, yes. Unless it's really foggy. Harry. Trees, yeah. What do you think of that? Mud. Particularly to go for a walk on the grave. Now, I was actually thinking about ducks, and this, oh, look, I didn't see it. A jellyfish. Maybe the River Clyde, they might go up really high, possibly. So I was thinking about ducks, and this is actually a good season. If you go for a walk along the grave in the next month or so, you might be lucky enough to see some ducklings. Yes, maybe. Yeah, sometimes the bridge over the grave, they write what they've seen. Now, what, what, do we, what do we know when we see ducks and ducklings 
What, what do the ducklings do? Do they behave themselves? What happens? Look. They swim really fast. And what, they, what do they try and do? Alexander. They do go quack, yes. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it is a duck. Amazing. They follow their mother. That's right. And sometimes they maybe get a bit distracted and they might go off and explore some, I don't know, weeds or something. And the mother duck makes a special noise and all the ducks come back. Can anyone think of any other animals that have special ways of looking after their babies? Noah? You forgot. Okay. Grace? Adam? Yeah. I think the, the, the mother fox makes a special noise as well. Harry? Elephants, yeah. How do they look after their... Yeah, they circle around the babies. Lots of African animals do that, maybe. Lions, how do they look after their, their babies? They probably do roar, yeah. Anyone else? Kangaroo, very good. What, what special way do they look after their, their babies? That's right. So all sorts of different animals have special ways of looking after their babies. And I bet that some of you, maybe not all of you, sometimes don't always do the right thing. Maybe you make a little bit of a mistake with your behavior. That sometimes even happens at our house. But what happens when you go back to your mum? Does she just ignore you or does she generally say, it's all right, just come back to do it again and look after you? Now, the big boys and girls today are going to be learning about Jesus. And he referred to himself as a mother hen. And he said he would always put his arms around the people that he loves. So whatever happens to us, Jesus is always out there looking out for us. And it will always, we can always come back to him for support. So now we're going to sing uh, Junior Praise 42, which I think, if I remember, it's called Father, I Place You to Your Hands. Is that right? It is. Excellent. And then you'll go off to Sunday school.
information this morning, the food bank will be open as normal on Tuesday from 10 to 12 and from 7 to 8. This next information, what it says is gazebos for Easter codes for Caroline Morrison. I don't really know what that means, Caroline. Um, it's okay if she has enough, so ignore that last remark. Um, if anyone knows anybody who would benefit from receiving flowers today, uh, can you please speak to Jim Macbeth after the service? And also, if anyone needs the services of a minister over the next uh, week, please contact Jim. Um, next week, we'll have a retiral offering for the Disasters Emergency Committee Fund for Ukraine. But if you want to donate before then, there is a link to the fund on our website. That's all today's information, uh, and the choir will now sing the anthem, Jesu, Lover of My Soul. Gary mentioned last week, this year is going to be our year of the talents. It's really important that we build on our successes of the last two years, and we want everyone to think about how you might like to get involved. 
Over the next few weeks, our team leaders from Mission, Nurture, and Resources teams are going to be telling us about the work they do and the opportunities that there are. This week, uh, it's Mission, and Grace invites Jim to tell us all about that. Mission, a mission within our church is wide and varied, uh, covered both overseas and local outreach work. My role as coordinator is to oversee the work and report back to the church session on other activities. Uh, in other words, the teams do the work and my role is to do the worrying uh, for, 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 uh, for mission. Mission also liaises very closely with resources and nurture teams for most of the events and fundraisers we, we do within the church. I want to give you just a flavour of some of the activities that we carry out, which is by no means exhaustive, and is often added to depending on the demands or needs, uh, or indeed if the minister has another great idea. The overseas team, led by Caroline Orison, takes responsibility for linking in with our mission partners, Keith and Ira Worrell in Mwande. Uh, who are able to relay their funding needs, whether it be education or health or addressing poverty that pervades within their community. Cutting solar panels in the school, supplying calculators, buying baby formula, collecting comfort products for the elderly care home, sending out the excess eh, for newborn babies. These are just a few of the areas that are supported and others are planned, other planned projects are in the pipeline. The overseas team organised the annual Christian aid collection, which has been suspended due to the pandemic. However, there are plans to recommence operations in May. Fair Trade is also a part of the overseas portfolio, and we have a LinkedIn with the schools to promote, raise publicity, and encourage Fair Trade products within their environment and also within our environment within the halls. The local outreach team, led by Bob Ross, is responsible for many events, fundraisers and collections carried out uh, during the year, such as choosing the charities we support, subject to Kirk approval, uh, Kirk session approval, and coordinate the collections through the referral offerings. Support Easter events, such as Easter Code, uh, with Houston Primary, which Caroline Morrison uh, leads on. Easter egg collections, summer events, harvest service, gift festivals, warm clothes collections for the homeless, Christmas gift collections for the children of prisoners, Christmas unwrapped event, which again Caroline eh, leads on, and selection box eh, collections, to name but a few of the outreach stuff that we do locally. Kip Carnival is probably one of the flagship local outreach eh, events in our village. While the mission teams lend their support and help out, it requires a separate committee eh, who plan and stage such they have to do that for such a big operation. It will be back in 2023. One of the very few positives to come out of the pandemic was the setting up of the food bank collections on a Tuesday. It has certainly been a community effort, and we now have a total of 26 volunteers who help out with Tuesday collections and Wednesday car deliveries. The mission team has worked very closely with Frankie Greenwood, uh, our families and communities officer. Frankie's main role is to support, uh, is to, is to, sorry, her main role is to develop relationships uh, with the wider community 
and identify where we might be able to support people in the areas of loneliness, bereavement, mental health and dementia. A few examples of Frankie work, Frankie's work during the lockdown included setting up a group of volunteers during, uh, to shop and collect, for, uh, uh, collect prescriptions for those that were unable to do so, hold weekly online sing-alongs for people living with dementia, developing a local mental uh, health peer support group, and setting up the Houston uh, Community Lockdown Quilt Project, uh, bringing together talented volunteers to make a quilt which will form part of Houston's history. It's at the completion stage and it will be fantastic when it's ready. Frankie has also arranged different events to support people who have been bereaved and is currently developing more projects to support folk living with dementia. Dementia. It was formed and opened just before and during lockdown and is another fine example of community outreach at work. It now boasts 24 members and it's growing all the time. They've even, they've even got their own Facebook and Instagram pages. Who would have thought? The positive work being carried out in the name of mission, eh, which don't forget includes established groups within the CIP, eh, such as the Leather, the Cameo Club, Country Dancing, etc., etc., etc. Doesn't it happen by magic? We all need organisation and teamwork to sustain our existence, which is one of the reasons I'm speaking just now. As Gary mentioned last week, and Matthew has just mentioned, this will be the year of talents for our CIP. We've heard briefly, very briefly, about mission and what, uh, and what goes on, so maybe it's something that you have to offer in this area. Maybe you've got an interest, you've got an interest in event management, communication, fundraising. Maybe you're just an ideas person, or you just want to help in some way. We want to hear from you. Have a word with either myself or Gary, uh, and we'll be happy to give you information on mission and point you in the right direction. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Our scripture meeting this morning will be read by Graham McGee. The reading this morning is taken from Luke 13, reading from verse 31 to 35. This is entitled, Jesus, Sorrow for Jerusalem. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow, and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. O oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Graham, and thanks to people in the choir for the input and anthems. We continue our worship with hymn 482, Come, let us to the Lord our God.
let us pray. Spirit, as we gather often in despair at events unfolding, gather us like a mother hen, as one people, seen to care for and share with others. So be it. Amen. What must it feel like to have your country invaded? Just stop and think about that for a moment. One day you are shopping, drinking coffee, meeting friends. The next you are sheltering in a basement as the bombs and missiles rain down. I wonder if you, like me, like maybe most people, have wondered how you would react if you were in the shoes of millions of Ukrainians. It seems that courage is not in short supply in Ukraine when we watch young women and men, members of parliament, actors, teenagers, in a country under siege from a ruthless dictator, a tyrant, staying behind to defend their countries and their homes. Yesterday I watched a BBC report where a man in his 60s, a pensioner, manned a checkpoint not five miles from the Russian front line, weeping for what had become of his country, but resolute. We've all seen the images of young men putting their children on trains to get to safety, crying and hugging them tight as they stay behind to fight for freedom. Courage in the face of fear and danger. Yet there are different kinds of courage, and they're not always found in such extreme circumstances. There's another kind of courage, maybe less spontaneous, but one which anticipates a challenge and rather than turning away from it, meets it head on. A display of character that has developed from a life of facing fears and shouldering responsibilities. It's this second kind of courage that we see in the passage this morning. The Pharisees come and warn Jesus not to go on the run because Herod is out to kill him. We are not told who these Pharisees are and indeed what their motivation is, but it doesn't matter. We know they told Jesus to run for his life and that Jesus refuses. Disregarding their protestations, Jesus will keep on the road appointed, traveling that arduous path to Jerusalem to meet his death. Like so many early prophets of God, his commitment to embrace the dark and difficult destiny for the sake of humanity is the very essence of the second kind of courage I just described. We've noticed and indeed admired many times before in church the courage that Jesus shows in each step he takes towards Jerusalem. But what is striking this time is the critical role that vulnerability plays in this kind of courage. To anticipate the challenge and suffering and not look away, but look it in the eye, is to make oneself vulnerable for the sake of others. It's really important to acknowledge this vulnerability especially in a culture which doesn't often equate vulnerability with courage and strength. Maybe with care and love, but certainly not courage. At our worst, we see vulnerability as a sign of weakness, something to be avoided at all costs. At our best, we see the need to be vulnerable with those we care deeply about and love, but we don't see vulnerability as essential to our courageous living. Yet in this passage today, Jesus demonstrates vulnerability is absolutely essential and indeed is at the very heart of Christian living. 
and invites us to be open to the needs of those around us. Jesus chooses the image of a mother hen, gathering her brood of chicks close to her for protection and safety, to paint the picture of his love and care for God's people, a feminine image of love, care, and vulnerability. Those of us fortunate enough to have children experience a life-changing event. When you hold a new life in your arms, you are filled with so much love, yet aware of the fragility of the life that you hold. You want to protect your child from all harm, hurt, and danger. Yet, as they grow up, you quickly realize that you cannot shield them from all threats and dangers that life presents, nor should you. And that leaves a parent often feeling extremely vulnerable. It is said that a parent is only as happy as their least happy child. Now that's vulnerability. It is precisely this characteristic that Jesus embodies, and by extension, invites us to attribute to God. That God becomes vulnerable to all the variations of human life. In addition, Jesus' analogy of the mother hen helps us to realize that it is our own vulnerability that spurns our courage and nourishes our strength. Simply because you can and will do things for those you love that perhaps you wouldn't simply do for yourself. And so Jesus continues on to Jerusalem not to prove he's a hero, not to make a sacrifice for sin to some judgmental and vengeful God, not even to combat death. Rather, Jesus continues to Jerusalem and embraces the cross that awaits him out of profound love for those around him, a mother's fierce love that will stop at nothing for her children. The word courage comes from the Latin cor, heart, and defines courage as living from the heart. The willingness to embrace our vulnerability in order to be authentic. Christian courage, then, might be the kind of wholehearted living that comes from believing that as God's children, we are enough. And that those around us are also God's beloved children, and therefore also deserving of our love, empathy, and respect. But what if, in the passage, we see Jesus not merely acting courageously, but embracing who he was called to be for the sake of those he loved. And thereby, he invites us to discover what we are being called to be also. What ways we are being called to use our talents and gifts in the life and work of the church and for the sake of the other. What would our community look like if we decided together to live with courage from the heart making room to name our vulnerabilities in a cross-shaped confidence that God is with us and has given us sufficient resources, including each other, to not simply endure the challenges before us, but to listen to our calling and respond using our talents and blessed gifts, to flourish as a congregation, building a future that's bigger than the past. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forevermore, world without end. Amen. Our next hymn is a new hymn, but you'll recognize the tune Nicholson, and the words are, Since the Lord is my salvation.
Let us pray. Faithful God, we are awed by Jesus' ability to keep focused on his goals, to hold fast to choices made years earlier, now that he could see what it was going to cost him. We give thanks to, for all who, like him, refuse to stop caring for others, even when they meet with nothing but cruelty and rejection. Thank you for the vulnerability that never left him and was part of his strength. Such people are few and far between, Lord, and we pray it for those, ourselves included, who find it hard to stick to your way of integrity and costly, unconditional love. We pray for parents trying to give their children a firm foundation in life, especially if they themselves did not receive what they needed to feel safe in the world. We think of the clear vision and idealism of so many of our young people and ask that they may not become too cynical too soon. We pray for politicians and civil servants, for charity and aid workers, teachers and carers, all who choose a life of public service because they want to make the world a better place. Many are tired and disillusioned. Some have compromised their ideals. Some have put on a hard shell of indifference because the cost of caring and not being able to help is just too high. We pray for those who, like the people whom Jesus saw in Jerusalem, have lost their sense of purpose and direction. Those who have been let down too often to trust again. Those, again ourselves included, who cannot bear to watch or listen to the news because there is just too much suffering in the world. Too many problems that cannot be solved. Too many people beyond our reach to help. Loving God, may your compassion reach into even the hardest hearts. Lord, above all, we pray today for the people of Ukraine, the people in Kiev, Kharkiv, Dnipro, Mariupol, Kherson, Nikolaev, Cherniv, and all other cities and towns, and all those who have become refugees. Give them courage, Lord, resolve and strength in the face of terrifying danger. We also pray today for the Russian people, misled, fearful, oppressed, Give them hope in these dark times. May we be willing this Lent and Easter season to take just one more risk for love's sake. And in the eternal battle between goodness and evil, love and hatred, life and death, may we discover with Christ and all his faithful servants that goodness and love and life are always stronger and will always win out in the end. So be it. After our final hymn, there'll be a word of benediction, a threefold Amen, and we'll sing Praise God, from whom all blessings flow, as the Bible leads the church. Our final hymn, Courage, Brother, Do Not Stumble, is 513.
follow Jesus into God's world. We go in hope. We go in love. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore.